Hi, I'm Jerry Barmash, and this is Here Now the News. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been praised for his dealing with the pandemic, but a controversy refuses to subside. Questions remain about the way nursing home patients were handled and deaths were reported during a six-week stretch last spring. A conference call between a top aide for Cuomo and Democratic lawmakers reopened the floodgates on the issue last month, putting the governor and his staff on the defensive ever since. He used his daily briefing February 15th for his most detailed explanation of the March and April 2020 events. While he admitted mistakes were made, the sought-after apology for any wrongdoing is as elusive as ever. Audio from Cuomo is featured from that press conference. I reached out to the governor's office for a statement connected to this episode. I did not hear back. I'll be joined by Democratic Assemblyman Ron Kim, who is taking this controversy to another level with the accusation that the governor directly threatened him. But my first guest on the pod is Mark Molinero, the Dutchess County executive, who is a former opponent of Cuomo and wants him held accountable. Happy to be with you. Thanks. Obviously, there's a controversy I want to speak to you about, and that is what has been really for a year in the making, uh, Governor Cuomo and the uh, underreported number of uh, nursing home deaths. You have now gone on the record saying that impeachment hearings should be uh, taking place uh, for the governor. Can you can you explain a little about why? Well, listen, um, they they made a policy decision. Um, and, and quite frankly, it, I think we acknowledge that that policy decision was likely written by donors. I mean, there's little question that some influence created the policy that led to 8,000 uh, very ill New Yorkers uh, being placed, forced into nursing homes across uh, the state of New York, uh, resulting in uh, a good portion of those 15,000 lost lives uh, of, of family members uh, who, who died of COVID uh, in the most vulnerable condition they, and state they could be in. Um, you know, the Attorney General of the state of New York conducted an investigation. Uh, I don't think yet she's chosen to take it any further than, than what she's uh, provided. The only independent action that the state legislature can take to ensure that there is an, there is an investigation is quite frankly, through an impeachment process. The assembly initiates that and then conducts the investigation. But, but at the heart of all of this is the governor made a choice uh, to, to, to send those 8,000 people uh, into, a, into a location where he said it was like, it was like uh, fire through dry wood. I mean, he, he acknowledged the risk and acknowledged um, uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the vulnerability of those who live there uh, in, in nursing homes across the state. Um, and then went further to cover it up and withhold that information for months, day in and day out, telling New Yorkers information that was incorrect. And in fact, using uh, that that number, that data, manipulating it in a way that pressed hospitals to perform in certain ways, that pressured nursing homes to do certain things, that did keep communities and businesses and economies closed for a longer period of time, knowing full well that they were not telling the truth. And we know this because his chief of staff, secretary of the governor's chief of staff, acknowledged that they knew it was wrong. They knew the information was, was wrong, bad, that, that they hadn't disclosed it. They withheld it from the state legislature because they were concerned about their political uh, losses and a potential investigation by the Department of Justice. That is just a betrayal of the public trust. It just is. And, and it at least rises to that level where there needs to be a truly independent and aggressive effort to to demand accountability, uh, seek some reckoning, and ensure that those families that have so many so so much loss 
um, get the 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 response that the 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 remorse of the accountability that they deserve. That's Melissa DeRosa. You're talking about the who we've seen throughout the pandemic uh, side by side with the governor. And there was reportedly, I believe the New York Post had an audio of this conference call she did with Democratic lawmakers, where in effect, I think she said uh, that they were froze out uh, of giving these numbers. Uh, and it has to do with uh, what they've been saying, this narrative about uh, the Department of Justice, about the federal government. First of all, do you think that uh, she should be fired or, or should resign? Well, I don't know. She may have had a moment of honesty at that uh, that point. I mean, I you know, I, I it's, it's very strange. Um, listen, the governor had been given extraordinary authority by the state legislature. At the end of the day, all of these decisions are his, and I, I'm certainly not somebody who who uh, chooses to throw my staff under the bus. Even by the way, if they they made a wrong decision. They made the decision. The administration made the decision. I, I don't believe that they're fit to hold public office, but they made the choice uh, to direct those 8,000 individuals into nursing homes. They made the choice knowing full well that the, the death data that, that's been reported is not, is not accurate. They made the choice to manipulate that. They made the choice to withhold it. They made the choice now to lie about it because even now, even now we know that the timeline doesn't add up. The Speaker of the State Assembly, his his uh, a spokesperson said the governor's people never told them that the legislature was not getting the the data that they requested because of a DOJ investigation. The Department of Justice uh, internally claims that the state never provided any real detail. And if you look at the timeline, uh, the Department of Justice uh, action was well after. Uh, and this was a limited investigation uh, of several states uh, for their state run nursing homes. Right. Uh, that. DOJ action occurred after months and months and months of the uh, administration uh, stonewalling and blocking, uh, uh, disclosing that that data. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. The governor's been saying, and he brought it up again, he spoke for uh, 20, 30 minutes, including Q&A uh, the other day, which national, the networks took, cable networks took it. Uh, and, and the theme, not theme, but what he's been continuing to point out was this was done uh, because the federal government had had said that. I mean, they were the ones he said they he put them under the uh, under the bus or blamed the Trump administration, the D DOJ. Uh, but you're saying that that does not jive with with that timeline. No. So Bill Hammond from the Empire Center uh, actually uh, reported out an entire timeline, and it's and it's been uh, validated by by the media that the time the dates just don't match. And again, if you listen to what DeRosa had to say and what we all knew, I'm a county executive on the ground. We're responding to this pandemic really at the extension of the state. The state of New York has local health departments that we administer. We're we're sort of on top of the uh, of that response. We knew the data was incorrect. In fact, months and months prior to even the DOJ, probably two or three months prior to the DOJ even asking about this, um, they, they, we knew the data was wrong because they were using a hospital death matrix. They said, metric. They said uh, you couldn't open a community, right? You couldn't restore certain business activity if hospital deaths in a community were a certain number. We knew that that number was was false because many of those deaths, sadly, and 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 I I know the pain of this virus. I lost my father to it uh, in in April of last year. Um, um, we knew that those deaths were individuals who were nursing homes going to a hospital to ultimately die. And the argument, uh, our argument at the time was, that you're not that metric, that data is is sort of it's the 
it's 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 lagging, right? We we it's the last of uh, of the bad news when it relates uh, to to the COVID measurements. And so we said to them, this just you can't measure this this way. And then suddenly they changed their mind. So our my point of all of that, and it's a little bit rambling, is they knew it. They knew early on that they were withholding the information, and they had to have known because they were at the same time directing people, uh, 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 senior citizens, sick. Uh, with COVID into nursing homes. So they were tracking who they were putting there. They were tracking who sadly, those who sadly uh, passed away and they chose to, to just withhold it. And the governor, if you remember, his very sort of his more, uh, uh, his first response, uh, I think immediately um, uh, either just before or after the attorney general's report, um, he basically said, who cares where they die? I mean, I care. Uh, thousands of New Yorkers care, 15,000 families care, the state legislature cared, the Department of Justice cared, and they cared. They cared, and we know they cared because they admitted to withholding the data to begin with. And, and I guess that's what a cover-up would be, not just what happened, but then the fact that you're, you're not telling people and if there's a lie and that time that, you know, there's that gap. I, I want to ask you from that uh, the the press conference when uh, the governor spoke. He, I guess he went as close as he he could to apologizing without actually apologizing or without actually saying those words. But he did say that mistakes were made, and and he referred to the fact of something along the lines of that the reason that they didn't give the the proper numbers to the media or to the public uh, that they were all so swamped during the height of the pandemic. Do you do you buy any of that? Well, let's debunk that that first. Uh, they had they had they 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 clearly were involved in the decision making. So so at the very least, they were spending their time deciding to 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 do this sort of thing, direct people to nursing homes and make those policy statements. But at the same time, this governor was writing a book that he profited from, uh, that we've yet to to learn how much. They uh, drew, I think, and designed himself two separate posters celebrating. Uh, both his his uh, new term as uh, state of the state and uh, and what they they pointed to as success during this pandemic response. They built a paper mache mountain uh, upon which, by the way, uh, the foothold in many of those mountain in that mountain is our lives lost. My father among them and celebrated that uh, and and had certainly had enough time uh, to uh, to uh, engage in a in a massive public relations campaign to build up a sort of. Uh, his image as 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 being a a a good leader during these twelve months. So uh, this they didn't have the time. Nonsense is nonsense. But um, you know, uh, to to the bigger point, imagine what it what you have. I mean, you said it yourself, and everyone says the same thing. He came as close as he could to apologizing. We know. Listen, this is one of those times where the cover up is not as bad as the as the crime. The crime is the loss of fifteen thousand New Yorkers and. And, and families being ripped apart. But the cover-up um, was unnecessary. One, one could have known absolutely that by taking uh, the most vulnerable with COVID and putting them in, a, in an isolated situation with other vulnerable people, the likelihood is that you were going to transmit the virus and people were going uh, to die. How you didn't know that after what we saw in the state of Washington and, and, and California um, is is not fathomable, except unless you connect the the money dots, the uh, the the donors and the special interests, who, quite frankly, you can see had influence in drafting that policy, and he and he gave to them uh, in in sort of a pay to play response. Okay, but the 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 responsible thing when he revoked that order would have been to come forward then and simply said this uh, was a misstep. 
and that we are deeply apologetic uh, to the families who lost lives and we'll do everything in our power to support them. Just saying those things would, would have put him in a position uh, and, and those families would have felt a degree of comfort when they needed it. Instead, here we are months and months later with uh, the, the, the lying and the distortion and the manipulation, which is just, it's just sadly unnecessary, but it's because of what you said. He can't apologize. And, and I don't know if that's a, I'm, I'm not a psychologist, so I won't, uh, <laughs> um, I won't, I won't uh, analyze anybody. I just would say that when you know that you've done something so horribly wrong, um, starting with remorse uh, is, is a good place because it's where we learn from there. It's where we learn uh, uh, from our mistakes and hopefully can make right what was wrong and give meaning to these lives lost. And to pick up on that, if early on, within weeks or months early on, if he would have just recognized what took place, would this have all gone away? Uh, not the lives, right? I mean, well, I know no, not the lives. Of course not. But I, I, mean, I, I know you don't mean that. But I, you know, I will say this: um, politicians, myself included, have to be awfully careful that this is not this is not a a, a uh, an Andrew Cuomo problem. This is not a uh, a Washington D.C. or Department of Justice or or state legislature issue. This is uh, the real lives of real people who were who who are no longer with us and families that are going to live with. Um, immeasurable loss, who, who uh, never got to experience those last moments together. I mean, I, I really, I do know it, um, having to speak through a phone uh, to, um, uh, to a loved one who, who could not necessarily respond or through a nurse who might have communicated. Those are, those are the people who truly need uh, a reckoning, right? They deserve this accountability. But it would be a much different, different scenario had the state of New York and the governor, who, who assumed much responsibility, uh, much power just simply said, I am sorry uh, for the loss that you have suffered and we will make good uh, by you in the months ahead. There would not have been a Department of Justice inquiry, likely. There would not have been a New York State Attorney General inquiry at all. The governor requested it. And we would not be here today talking about his secretary um, uh, uh, claiming that they they withheld the information. And I do think that that is a, it's a failing and trapping uh, of this administration. They, they get too, too, too worked up in their own uh, 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 press and, and don't spend enough time getting out of the second floor of the state capitol or, or away from the mansion and, and truly seeing the pain and suffering that, that, that ordinary New Yorkers are facing. And, and you mentioned with the poster uh, uh, promoting even the book, the, the mountain, uh, but he was roundly praised, not criticized, praised for handling the pandemic, yeah. uh, you know, this notwithstanding with the nursing home controversy and, and it is, you know, and it is growing and growing as, as we're, as we speak. Uh, but what about the overall picture for that? Certainly at the height of it last year, uh, do you give him any credit for that? Yeah. And you know, it's funny early on in the pandemic, um, I gave great deference uh, to him. And if you look at any of any of my public statements, um, I, I shared like many people, the hope and, and really some experience that in the moment that we needed to rally together, he was capable of doing it. But what he wasn't capable of doing was empowering those others that needed to respond and be part of the solution. What he wasn't capable of doing is relinquishing some of the power that was given to him. And, and quite frankly, he consumed. That is the, that is the true failing. Uh, and, it, and it led to, to lives lost. And what I, the analogy that I use often is, you know, when there's a, when there's a fire in a building or on a neighborhood block, you know, the, the, the fire department, that unit shows up and the chief assesses the area. And, and there is a very focused command and control. That one person is responsible for that moment in assembling the response. 
But once the firemen are inside, once the firewomen are inside and, and confronting the fire, they have to be empowered to make choices and decisions too. This governor never let that happen. Uh, and so he stood on the outside of the fire and made choices. And you can understand that early on. But when, when we pivoted to reopening, rebuilding, uh, vaccine distribution, he didn't empower the others that have to be a part of that solution and therefore very weak. It's like it's like good succession planning, right? You need to have somebody ready to take over when you're not. They that's where they that's where they failed. And the result of, of, of sort of that micromanaging has been horrible, horrible loss. And so, yeah, I, I do think at, at the moment early on, yes, yes, we needed a central force to respond to the pandemic. Um, but keep in mind, failing to report the nursing home data that defined your reporting of, of, of the last 12 months. It defined the public's understanding of the last 12 months. And as importantly, it defined our response to it. Policy was made, decisions were, were, were enacted um, based on this manipulated data. And had the full data been presented, uh, we might be in a different situation. We might have had different steps to take, and we might have policy that would have been implemented that would have been more appropriate. But we weren't given that option because they decided to stonewall and withhold and manipulate the data. Several Democratic lawmakers, as I'm sure you know, uh, want the governor's emergency powers uh, removed because of uh, kind of what you're saying, the micromanaging from his administration. Do you agree with that? Would that be enough if, if nothing else happened? And also, would the fact that it would be his own party, uh, would that help lay the groundwork for impeachment proceedings? Yes, no, yes. <laughs> I <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, I agree that it is the appropriate next step. Now, we many of us uh, felt, and using my analogy, that would have happened uh, months ago and should have happened months ago. We would have a different and more successful vaccine rollout. The mayor of New York has talked a little bit about this as well, this balancing between state and local government. Rebuilding needs to empower uh, the local governments. And it's not for pride of ownership. It's just the way this fun the government functions. They're, they're a local action you know, we're the local action arm of government, Albany, sort of the, you know, the, the more global strategy and, and, and policy arm of government. So, so yes, that needs to occur. The, re, the rescinding and, 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 and recanting and, and that, that emergency power, absolutely. This governor's written 250 new rules, new laws out of, out of, out of thin air. Uh, you cannot empower any one person that much for that long. It is not, however, enough. It just isn't. There needs to be an independent investigation. Now, I do believe that for the state legislature to conduct it, the most responsible way is to initiate uh, the, the impeachment proceeding. I also believe that uh, the Department of Justice needs to conduct a true investigation, that, that if they were threatening it under the previous administration, they should at least conduct it honestly and honorably under this administration. That needs to occur. And I'd encourage our congressional delegation, Republicans and Democrats, uh, to join in that effort. I think there, there have been many Republicans who have said that that should happen. I understand that that looks partisan, but at the moment, there needs for the 15,000 families that we represent, there needs to be that accountability. And, and again, uh, the, the, the most appropriate independent review that the state legislature can conduct is through an, through an impeachment proceeding. But I will say to you, uh, just yesterday, I think a dozen or 14 members, Democratic members of the state legislature, not only called for rescinding those powers, but alluded to the need to consider an impeachment proceeding. What does this mean as far as Republicans and even there are progressive Democrats? Uh, some say that they've been waiting a year to pounce on the governor. How, how do you react to something like that? 
I, I honestly uh, believe that that um, we we really cannot dial this up as as partisan or or inter intra party politics. Um, yeah, there's pent up anxiety. Yes, there's a desire. I mean, I you know Republicans didn't wait till this year to pounce on the governor. I mean, I, <laughs> there, there's, you, you there's did ongoing. you did run for governor. You did run I against did. him. I came in I came in second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I just am very. Uh, I, I, I New Yorkers deserve this to be. Uh, what maybe they don't get out of Washington or any place else, they deserve it to be um, a a truly uh, independent and 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 responsible investigation, an effort to hold accountable people who admitted to the wrongdoing. I mean, they they admitted to it, and so um, uh, certainly there's always political uh, aspects to play. But I just don't think it, it's appropriate. I do think that that is what's what's needed for for these fifteen thousand families. Can you predict? What will happen next? And should he survive the scandal politically? Oh, well, uh, uh, to the second half, uh, he should not. I, I do not believe that he is he is fit to hold public office. And I and I and I'm very circumspect about that. I do not believe that because of what they've done, I do not believe that they are fit to hold hold public office. Uh, the one thing that you can always guarantee, however, in New York, uh, is that uh, the, the the political structure um, protects the powerful, and and nobody in New York State politics is more powerful than the governor, and this governor in particularly. Sadly, uh, can he survive it? Uh, only time will tell. I think, though, um, um, he deserves to be taken to task. He deserves to be held accountable, and most importantly, those fifteen thousand families uh, deserve this day of reckoning. And I'm hopeful that that the state legislature and our congressional representatives really engage in that effort. It, it seems when he's been asked, and not necessarily lately, but in the past, when it would keep coming up by the media about it, having an independent counsel or an independent uh, investigation, he would uh, get, I guess, a bit standoffish toward the media. Not oh. really a question, but I mean, but that and so now when it comes up, when, he still has said no. But I just wanted to point out he has said now when, when it was brought up, uh, in effect, there's no there there, so there's no reason to to do that. Marsha, I don't think there's anything too clear here. Uh, it is a fact that the state legislature did a request. We told them we were not going to address the uh, request at that time, that we were uh, going to honor the DOJ request first. We said that. Uh, that's a fact. There's nothing to investigate there. Uh, and then we uh, provided information to DOJ. So there's no... There is nothing uh, to investigate. I, I'm telling you. Well, isn't that swell? Isn't it nice that the individual who admitted uh, to the wrongdoing, admitted to the covering up, and the only thing close to an apology he came to was he apologized for having you believe that he was wrong. I mean, that's basically what he said. He says there's no investigation. I mean, I know that there are plenty of bank robbers in American history who would love to be able to have, have, have just simply announced there is no need there's no need for an investigation. You don't get to do that. And in particular, public officials don't get to set that. And so whether it's a criminal investigation or it's a legislative action or uh, uh, some some other independent body, uh, there needs to be a full accounting. And the governor of the state of New York, who admits that they did something wrong uh, and his staff acknowledges that they did something wrong, doesn't get to decide whether or not the American people or New Yorkers uh, have a, a full account and a complete investigation. Obviously, the buck stops with the governor. And, and as we've Especially said throughout now. this interview, right, and, and, and what he has done and, and with the book and everything, 
Uh, and I mentioned about uh, DeRosa and, and she was uh, she spoke and, and, and how this kind of got resurrected, if you will, from from those comments. Would you settle for anyone in his administration, his staff let go, whether it was the health commissioner, Zucker or someone else that works closely with the governor? I'll, I'll say this to you. It's well, first, it's, it's not up to me. And, and frankly, I, I'm not saying what I'm saying for retribution. Um, you know, I, I lost I can I lived I live my life. You know, I'm a good you know, I have my job. I'm, I'm serving my community. It, this this is not for for me at all uh, this concept of retribution a, a complete investigation would identify who is at fault who made the choices those people should be held accountable i believe that under the current structure with the power given to this governor by the state legislature it is the governor who is responsible and the governor who ought to be held accountable uh, and again we saw him for how many you know months nonstop and he put himself front and center he talked about that he went for he said, i guess it was like 100 days straight he said it but by the way he said hold me responsible which right. apparently only good if if and if and only up to the point that you'd like to hold him responsible but there are more potentially serious problems now facing cuomo as a pair of former aides have accused the governor of sexual harassment the most recent charlotte bennett has leveled allegations of inappropriate conduct Molinaro issued a statement calling it a disturbing pattern of behavior. Cuomo is addressing the latest accusation, naming Attorney General Letitia James and the chief judge of the Court of Appeals to select an independent lawyer who will lead the review and issue a report. Cuomo says no other comment will be made until that report is made public. Molinaro added if the allegations prove true, quote, the governor is not fit to serve. He must resign or be removed from office. Mayor Bill de Blasio wouldn't go as far, but is demanding two fully independent investigations into the nursing home deaths and the, quote, disturbing personal misconduct allegations. My next guest is Democratic Assemblyman Ron Kim, who was in touch with Cuomo's other accuser, Lindsey Boylan. Kim is also leading the charge within his party for impeachment after being placed in an awkward situation following an alleged tongue lashing by Cuomo. Hey, good to see you, Jerry. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Obviously, we want to talk about the nursing home controversy involving Governor Cuomo. This has uh, not gone away. This is something that is uh, uh, almost a year old, and it, it, it keeps finding a way to bubble up again. And uh, we've seen this situation now where you have come into the news lately because of uh, an accusation that the governor threatened you on the phone. Can you uh, start off by talking about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, I received a call from the governor um, after news broke about his top aide uh, admitting that there was a cover-up of nursing home information because they froze when the Department of Justice uh, was diving into uh, the, the matter and, and, and issuing a possible investigation. Um, and, they, and according to her words, uh, Donald Trump was playing politics. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to share the data because they were afraid it would be politicized. Um, and once that information broke, uh, the governor called me uh, called me the next night, uh, threatening me and, and berating me and yelling at me for, for and ultimately asking me, uh, more or less ordering me to issue a statement that night that, that countered uh, what I had said to the press. Um, I think this was a, I mean, not just the call, but the fact that uh, this was the first time that he ever called me on the phone. I met him a few times. I, I shared dinner with him, with other staff. But this was the first time he ever reached out to me on the phone, followed by many other phone calls that weekend in an attempt to reach me. Um, so we knew at that time, I already knew that he crossed the line. 
by asking me to cover up uh, for his top eight. And that's the reason why it ultimately came out uh, the public um, to, to criticize him and his administration around this issue. Was that a tough call? Because obviously the way you're saying that what took place, it, it, it screams of intimidation. Uh, and and did, did you worry by doing that, that it was going to you know, double down even more? Yeah, it was very tough. Uh, obviously, one of the most powerful men in the state, if not one of the most powerful politicians in the country, uh, calls you. And I'm just a local lawmaker, and a, an immigrant, immigrant from Flushing with my wife and kids uh, next to me. Um, yeah, it really frightened uh, and terrorized my family. My wife uh, asked me to stop whatever I'm doing. I mean, she was in tears. Um, she really was scared not just for my livelihood, uh, but for my physical safety. Uh, you know, she also works full time um, and she never really actually calls me during the day because she's also busy. The next day, she called me a couple of times. I didn't pick up and she was I never you know, saw her that worried because I didn't pick up a phone call. I mean, it left that kind of a mark uh, in our family. Uh, but we ultimately decided to uh, move forward and go public. Um, well, I ultimately did after listening to his press conference that following Monday, um, I listened in um, and I realized it is a pattern of behavior that he is attempting to implicate as many people to the cover up. Uh, in that press conference, if you recall, he kept saying, oh, the speaker knew about it. Uh, the Senate knew about it. We told everyone about the Department of Justice. We didn't know it was him. They made a decision. But now that something is something bad is happening. He is trying to implicate everyone privately as well as publicly. And I realize that's when we need to push back and check the executive. Right after, I think the next day after the uh, the phone call, or at least it came out when you were starting to speak about it, Cuomo senior advisor at Charles Party, uh, and I'm sure you saw this, there was a press release that he put out several paragraphs. In fact, the first line said some uh, something that you were lying about about the call, about the conversation. And then it also added that you had a long, hostile relationship with Cuomo's office. Is any of that surprising? Uh, it's a typical Cuomo playbook, misdirection, uh, misleading the public. Uh, the truth of the matter is I acted in good faith all the way from the beginning of the pandemic. I actually co-sponsored the first sponsor on the bill to give him the emergency powers when Howard Zucker and the governor came to speak to us. Um, not only that, we also appropriate $40 million so you could get ahead of the, the, the pandemic. My progressive colleagues were criti criticizing me, saying, don't, don't do it. We can't trust him. He doesn't need any extra emergency powers. But I actually stood up and defended the governor, saying, my constituents are scared. Washington is not doing anything to help us. And we need a leader to step in and take charge. It's not about whether you like him or dislike him. This is a moment where I believe Governor Como could lead us and do the right thing. A week goes by, a month goes by, a failure after failure. I'm pushing back. Meanwhile, as you know, it was a re-election uh, cycle last year. And he was already polling 70, 80%, all time high. Everyone around me is saying, just keep your mouth shut. Don't criticize the governor. Uh, worry about your re-election because I had a challenger. Don't do it. But I didn't care. This wasn't about politics. My constituents, my constituents were hurting. People were dying left and right. We didn't have any answers. It was clear on the ground. They were already trying to cover up some of the, some of the death numbers because of public uh, relations purposes. 
But one thing after another, we started to uncover some of the toxic bills that were pushing that protected the industry and not and didn't focus enough on the needs of the people. So I started becoming critical um, since uh, April of last year until now. Originally, when we first set up this interview, it was about the emergency powers, which you, you just mentioned. It was before this came out about the uh, the phone call with uh, with the governor. First of all, are you still pushing for that? Is that enough? Has anything changed by uh, what's taken place with you and the governor? Yeah, I mean, things are changing almost every day, even even after you know my uh, episode with the governor. Uh, just the last couple of days, uh, two other staff, my former staff members came out with accusations of sexual harassment, including uh, Lindsay Bowman, who I actually had a conversation with the other day. And I'm not a believer. Uh, I think there is a pattern of abusive behavior and an abuse of power uh, by governor, by this governor. Um, so I think we need to go back. Uh, we need to figure out uh, how do we actually hold them accountable? Is impeachment still on the table? Is an independent investigation onto sexual uh, harassment on the table? Um, do we repeal the powers right away this moment or do we let it expire? Those are all things that my conference is actively discussing, uh, but we have a hundred plus Democrats in my conference. Uh, so building the consensus is difficult. It is a challenge for the speaker, but he is spending as much time to get us there. And I'm confident that we will get there. There were a number of, was it 12 uh, Democrats that were on board with the uh... Uh, removal of the emergency powers? I believe it was 12. Yeah, we, last week in our, in our conference, we sent out a memo that that's where we should be heading. Uh, in the Senate, I think there were about a dozen already committed to doing that. Um, so that's kind of where I think most people are. Are we going to take away the powers now? Or are we going to, or are we going to let it expire? Or are we doing some sort of a commission that I think the governor also wants because that gives him uh, the facade of of an oversight, but it really isn't. Uh, we know, I think, Jerry, you know, we've been around to know that commissions and study bills are just kind of uh, nothing that goes nowhere except gives the governor cover. Is it hard? And, and again, you know now from personal experience and, and may, maybe others as well, for Democrats, again, own party with Cuomo, standing up against him in regards to the emergency powers and perhaps other, other steps as, as we go forward? It's no longer about him or the, you know, the governor. It's really about, I think, protecting the integrity uh, and the sanctity of the legislative bodies. Um, he is actively trying to implicate us in his wrongdoings, uh, in his corrupt conducts. And we have a duty now to protect the, the ability for us to be a co-equal government and be a proper check and balance uh, to the executive. And as you know, Albany is very executive heavy and under this administration, every year he has consolidated more power. He took away from, he's taking power away from the state controller, from the AG's office, from the legislature. He has the most concentrated power in the history of New York in that governor's office. If we do not step in now and help transform and really reestablish a check and balance, I don't know when will we ever have a get a chance to do that. On my emergency powers, uh, first, emergency powers have nothing to do with nursing homes. I have taken hundreds of actions. The legislature can reverse any action that I take, uh, not even by a bill, just by uh, passing 50% uh, uh, of the Assembly in the Senate. 
they have never reversed a single action. I spoke to uh, Judges County Executive Mark Malinero, Republican. Um, he ran against Cuomo a few years back. Uh, and he said, first of all, he wants impeachment proceedings to be started. But he also felt that at this point, the governor should be removed from office. You touched on impeachment. What, what do you feel about uh, about that? Yeah, I made it clear in a couple of op-eds that's where we should be at. That's not where our conference is right now. Um, and I do respect the democratic process. I will continue to make my arguments uh, heard, um, but I will ultimately... Uh, you know, respect the democratic process um, and do my part. But at the core, there are many other people who are tasked uh, in their committees, like the ECDIS committee, the Judiciary Committee, a number of other uh, government operations committee. I'm, I chair the Committee on Aging, so it's my job to focus on the policies that I've been criticizing the governor for, such as uh, the blanket legal immunity for some of the worst nursing home operators that I want to go back and repeal. Um, so I look forward to doing that in the next uh, few days, uh, while other of my colleagues will be focusing on uh, some of the accountability pieces uh, to the executive. Are, are you hearing from your uh, other Democratic committees, conferences, any, is there more talk about uh, impeachment for, for the governor? To be honest, uh, not so much. Um, you know, I don't, you know, we, we met, I think, two days ago. Uh, there's only a handful of us uh, that are in that space, uh, but most people are just eager to kind of get past this. Um, and, and, that, and, this and, the, and the truth is, they have there's relationships. Uh, the governor has a large orbit. He's been making phone personal phone calls all weekend, um, doing uh, visits to communities to roll out the mega vaccination sites, right? A, and he's, he's also have a number of former staff members from member uh, from my colleagues that he's hired in his administration. So in other words, there's a lot of different type of what I call uh, political social currency, you know, that they've traded over the, over the last many years uh, with Como. So they feel, they feel like trapped in a weird place. Um, but I, I told them this is not about that, about the previous favors or the staff that he hired. This is really about the institution. Uh, the speaker always said nothing else matters except protecting our institution and our institution is being attacked. So we have a duty to push back. Cuomo, as you know, is planning at this point to run for a fourth term next year, 2022. Would the controversy surrounding the nurse, nursing homes, obviously the, the, the way they were reporting the deaths, would this whole controversy dissipate if he were to decide to not run next year? I, you know, I, I'm not, again, that concerned right now about the political future uh, and the political calculation around what he does next. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are paying close to the polling numbers and what it, what it looks like. I didn't care about the poll numbers last year. I don't care about the poll numbers today. I, I care about the 15,000 people and the families who lost loved ones in nursing homes who feel like uh, there is injustice and they were, they were, they've were been deceived uh, they, and they need closure. Um, so that's my main focus at this point. And to go back to that from, from last year, they were pointing out what was the directive, the guideline uh, from the federal government, the Trump DOJ. Do you, do you see any of that to be accurate? 
It's one excuse after another. Um, they have they have a menu of different type of excuses, but in that one moment in that private meeting, uh, the top aide accidentally told the truth. Uh, we kept grilling her, or at least my colleagues. You know, it's not good enough. I don't want to hear it. This is what one BS after another, and then all of a sudden, I I, I remember in my head, this feels like that movie from A Few Good Men with Jack Nicholson and Tom Cruise when Jack Nicholson just yells out, like, you want the truth? Like, I'll tell you the truth. Like, she literally said that and told us, well, this is what happened. We were, Donald Trump was tweeting and DOJ sent the investigation and we froze. Uh, we didn't know what data to share anymore, so we didn't share anything. So basically, she admitted to covering up the number uh, for political purposes and as you know, it, that does not pass the legal test. If you go to a court and if the judge is very mean to you um, and you have to you have to pay a fine, are you going to say, well, that judge is very mean, so I'm not going to comply with this fine? Life doesn't work that way. It does not pass the legal test. And now they have to pay the consequences. If they covered up that uh, life and death information, they took away our ability to legislate. To, to repeal some of the toxic bills that they put in. They took that away from us and they need to be held accountable for that decision. As we record this, uh, I received a statement today from the uh, Cuomo camp. Stephen Cohen, who had been early in the, uh, the governor's first term, I guess, secretary to the governor, uh, was asked to clarify certain, uh, again, statements, timelines uh, of the nursing home controversy. Do any of these statements, and we've seen several from the Cuomo camp, do they make a difference in any way? I mean, I think they're going to lean in as many surrogates and validators to start coming out with their own statements uh, in the next few days. But you know, it's an administration. They defend many different versions of the truth um, because they're constantly trying to cover up the wrong decisions. Uh, we know what the truth is now. There, was, there were clear directives that led to 9,000 COVID patients that were transferred um, to unprepared nursing homes. Right at the peak of that, they gave out a blanket corporate immunity telling nursing homes, don't worry, you won't be prosecuted or you can't be sued. It was literally a license to kill. Um, we called them out, we issued reports. Other states that had similar provisions, uh, there were about 20 of them, but New York had the, the worst language in place. It became the gold standard of legal immunity. At that time, 77% of the entire nation's COVID fatalities came from those 20 states that, that gave that kind of early legal shields for nursing home facilities. So we knew that there was a correlation they, and they recognized that and they chose to suppress the data so we could not have the rationale to repeal the legal immunity. Um, so if moving forward, we believe that is the truth. And if, if it is so, we need to immediately go back and make it right and also hold the uh, administration accountable for making those wrong decisions. And, and that's what I was gonna ask you, just to button this up, I guess. What, what, what is the next step? Is it a, a state investigation? I know the FBI may be going forward. What, what, what is the next step that you want to see uh, happen? Well, I, I, I trust uh, the DOJ, the federal investigators uh, to do their job. Um, I know that they will thoroughly look at this uh, from inside out and they have the authority to do so. Uh, I think I believe the state should also do our part. I, 
honestly believe we should do whatever we can to put the executive in front of us in a proper oversight hearing um, so we can actually subpoena every single information and get to the truth. I do not know whether our institutions have the courage uh, to go all the way uh, to execute on that kind of a hearing. Uh, but I believe the public now demands it. Um, I believe the public wants the legislative body be to, to be the true check and balance to the governor. Um, and I will do my part to keep pushing uh, the leadership and our legislative bodies to play that role. I know the governor at that press conference you talked about, which I guess was a couple of weeks ago, they asked him about, and, and this has been throughout the year when any uh, media would ask if there should be an investigation. Uh, and he would say, there's, in effect, there's no there there. There's no reason. There's no wrongdoing. And do you see that as, I, I guess that's not an issue because any, if there's going to be an investigation, it's just going to go forward. Yeah. I mean, I think he can't dictate whether there's a federal probe or not. I, and I think Senator Gillibrand already confirmed that there is a federal investigate a new federal investigation and just yesterday congress member jerry nadler also confirmed there is now an open federal investigation um, so we have to trust that justice will be served and the, and there and the and the let the course take its place uh, and for me uh, my role again you know is to oversee older adults uh, and try to get the policies correct. And I'll continue to do that. And hopefully I won't be terrorized again for doing my job. Do you think by what he's saying, though, he's trying, the, the governor, to put pressure on the state lawmakers from uh, going forward and looking at this? Yeah, I mean, he's he's leaning on every, you know, level, Any he's pushing every button he can find uh, to externally pressure us, uh, extrinsically push us uh, to stop what we're doing. You know, to just get in line uh, and, and, and make us feel like we're here working for him. But that's how Albany has been conditioned for so many years. I mean, for eight years in my office, I, ne I never recall a time when we feel like we've had an equal process, even including including the budget making process. It's always been the governor dictating the agenda, taking away our powers uh, and consolidating more concentrated power in his office. Um, now is the time for us to be brave and courageous and say enough is enough. We are a co-equal branch. The public demands it. So let's get this right. Forget the politics. Forget everything else. 15,000 people died. I, I, I really feel like people don't understand how many people that is. And 15,000 people. And we just see that number over and over in the papers and we become numb to it. We almost dehumanize yeah. those people. My uncle... I think I think a lot of people know now. My uncle passed away in a nursing home uh, back in April, and it's not an easy death. When you die of COVID, uh, your lungs are shot. It's painful. Most people are asking to go because it's that painful. And imagine going through that process alone, nobody by your side, and you don't even have a funeral to recognize your contribution to this life. 15,000 families, 15,000 families went through that pain and trauma. Um, and I think they deserve the truth, nothing but the truth and, and full justice. Thanks again to Assemblyman Ron Kim and Dutchess County Executive Mark Molinaro. Listen for updates as I continue to track this volatile story. Like what you heard? Please share on social media. I have a Patreon here now, the news page, where you'll find premium content from past episodes. Your donation helps the podcast grow. 
If you haven't, please leave a five-star rating and comment on Apple Podcasts. You can stay in touch. Find me on Twitter at Jerry Barmash. Email hearnowthenewsjb at gmail.com and like my Here Now the News Facebook page. My social media producer is Nick Morgison. Next time, Anthony Scaramucci is back. We'll talk post-President Trump, the next phase for the GOP, plus he'll weigh in on the aforementioned Cuomo conflict, and is politics in his future? Thanks for your support and listening to Hear Now the News. I'm Jerry Barmash.